For the second time in this podcast history, we've had to tackle the issue of race. Normally I have sort of a funny intro, but I don't think that's appropriate for this episode of You Killed It, so we're just going to start with intros. I'm John Chidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. And this is You Killed It, the podcast about the challenge. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so weird, right? Because... Uh, you and I have had a lot of conversations over the past week, uh, or a couple weeks actually, before we actually hit record. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of friends have been having these same conversations because of what's going on in the world with George Floyd and obviously Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery. Um, there's been a lot going on, right? It's been a heavy couple weeks and we've seen protests across the world, Um and I'll, I'll be honest, you know, like I've been on a wave of emotions the past couple of weeks and I've had to actually plug out from CNN and Fox News and all the news cycles just because like the spin is in full effect. Right. And the spin, what I mean by that is we end up arguing about things that take us away from the actual point of the conversation. Right. So the narratives continue to change. And I talked about this on a whole other podcast that we do on On Blast. So I don't really want to rehash it. And especially not here because this is a challenge pod. Right. Like and the challenge pod, the reason why we do this normally is because it's a reality show and it's a lot of fun. And despite it being termed as a reality show, it's supposed to be a, an escape from reality for us. Right. We come here, we joke around, we crack a couple jokes and then we laugh and cool back to your regular, regularly scheduled program. And if you even think back to last week, we didn't even mention any of that stuff, which was good for me because it was like kind of like a break or an escape. But as you mentioned off the top, John, every once in a while shit happens on the show that makes it very real. And this past week was just another example of that, right? Absolutely it was. And um, you already alluded to the fact that like you and I had a two hour conversation last week before we started recording, talking about like racial issues and we're both in the media and like the role of media. And it was like a friend to friend conversation. Uh, And at the start of the season, you and I made a conscious decision to avoid Mm -hmm. speaking about COVID-19 and the pandemic. Yeah. Because we thought, you know what, this is, this podcast, uh, the challenge, they're escapes for people. And like we've made a couple of jokes along the way about the mm-hmm. pandemic, but generally speaking, we decided we're not going to address it directly because, you know, people need a break, which we understand. Uh, and we, you know, we again, we talked about last week about speaking about the racial issues uh, going on in the world today. Um, but they were really brought to the challenge's front door. Uh, and this yeah. is the second time, as I said, off the top, that this has happened because there was the incident with Camilla and Leroy a mm-hmm. few seasons ago. And I yeah. really invite our listeners to go back into the archives. Yeah. Forget the episode uh, number, but it's called This Was Not a Fun Episode because it was not a fun episode. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that you and I spoke about last week in between the two of us and again today was we don't want to have a conversation about the conversation because we both feel it's a distraction yeah we don't want to have a debate about racism racism's wrong yeah and it's a real and ever-present for sure and and And, sorry I, i chuckled there because like it sounds like such an obvious statement but yet think about what's going on in the media or so much of what 
is going on in the media becomes this debate about that and it's like why why is this a debate why is this a discussion it doesn't need to be we all know that this is wrong and if you don't think it's wrong well then that's on you right like Mm -hmm. if you don't get it figure it out right like we're grown-ups we have google we have as much information at the in the palm of our hands as we could ever possibly want or need Mm -hmm. so figure it out right like we can't be here in in a in a debate or discussion where we have to explain to you why certain things are wrong but sorry i interrupted you no, that's fine. Uh, another point I wanted to make is that although we're Canadian, a mm. large segment of our listeners, the vast majority of our listeners on a week-to-week basis are American. Yeah. And that's going to come up in the challenge in a surprising way. But one of the things I wanted to say, and you touched on this in uh, what you said on the On Blast podcast, and mm. I strongly recommend... Uh, any of our listeners, check that out. It's a sort of two-minute clip. Last I saw, it's closing in on 12,000 views on Twitter. It's also on YouTube and Instagram. Definitely worth checking out, especially if you're Canadian. But there is a myth that Canada is a less racist country. And I mm-hmm. think an important fact that a lot of people don't understand is that Canada has a different racial history than the United States. But it's not less racist. It's a different flavor of racism. It's a different brand of racism. Yeah. And yeah. that, oddly, to tie it back to the challenge, led to a rumor that there is a that Canadians got to see the full 90-minute version uh, of the challenge. Mm-hmm. Because as a theoretically more progressive, racially like more mellow country that we saw a different version. And that's not quite what happened. Yeah. I think it was just a huge accident, right? So <laughs> to we got a lot of messages last night, and I, I ended up watching it the next day, as we normally do. And I did see a lot of messages talking about how, oh, it's only an hour-long episode. And um, actually, one of my good friends, LT, who we bring up all the time on this pod, messaged me saying that his record went from like an hour of the challenge to then like Baywatch. And he was like, what's happening here? This makes no sense. I had the same experience. I hadn't watched yet, but mentally I was like plotting out my day and plotting out the fact that, okay, well, I only need an hour to watch. But then when I went to watch it on my PVR, it said playback error, uh, hold. And then it pops up and says, we found another free version. So, Basically what happened, and I don't know if this happened to everybody, but my PVR didn't work, which forced me to then go to the MTV section of your PVR, and then it brought up that episode of the challenge, which happened to be the full episode of the challenge. So apparently, I guess, and I think, I would assume that people in America, maybe the same thing happened on your PVR, or depending on who your... network provider or service provider is in the states because again on tv in canada live the one hour cut down version aired but if you go to your guide where it shows uh episodes and you click on last night's episode it'll show you how do you want to watch it is it off your pvr or is it off of the mtv cloud for lack of a better term do you know what i mean that has that episode and if you click on that link at least here in canada that gave me the full episode and so while i was watching it i was watching it under a different guise that was like 
oh wait this isn't the cut down version like everyone told me that d's parts are all cut out and this episode is a whole whole, whole lot of d yeah a whole lot of d so my Your experience, experience was a little different wasn't it <laughs> my experience was a little different so i recorded it my pvr worked um and like lt i got a 60 minute version that is what was shown in the united states and that's why i took notes on and then like lt i got you know season one baywatch with david hasselhoff no <laughs> no pamela anderson you know um and then i had seen the tweets as you did that said you know canadians got the full 90 minute version mtv.ca has it and uh someone a user i could probably look it up i have the technology was sharing maybe i don't want to get them in trouble but they were sharing clips yeah of and specifically of the daily challenge yeah so i saw that and then sheldon and i were like all right like let's record but then sheldon called me and walked me through how to see the full version yeah so i took notes on the 60 minute version mm -hmm. and then uh i rewatched it rewatched the whole thing but the 90 minute version and i put in bold the parts that were new or the parts yeah. that were subtracted so yes exactly so there's probably a lot of people that could be listening right now and they're like wait can i actually see the full version <laughs> and if that's the case hey stop the pod right now <laughs> go to your tv and see if you can watch the actual full version that exists or even try to check it out online depending on who your service provider is because yeah. we're going to break down the entire full episode that actually aired or as it was intended to be aired but obviously Oh, sorry. Were you going to say something, well, John? I was just going to say, the key is, however you figure out how to try to watch it, the key is not to use your PVR, but to use the on-demand service. Exactly. So you're getting it straight from MVP, MVP from MTV, <laughs> because I guess they didn't think to re-upload the new version. Yeah. I don't know how it works so on the back end. I would say this, and this is my assumption. Um obviously with, with shows like this you have to send out your final cuts pretty far advance right so that it's yeah. available on pvr right or sorry that's available on dvr right after the episode airs live right so my assumption would be the quick turnaround because when did all this happen june 7th that's what like monday or something monday it was monday so all of this happens on Monday. The episode airs on Wednesday. Somewhere along the way, they make a decision. We got to cut out D because of all the things that she tweeted, which we'll get into right now. But that's a, what, two-day turnaround? Yeah. So first off, to understand how difficult it would be to get back in an edit in the middle of a pandemic, which I don't know whose offices are even fully open or fully operational, but to get through all the red tape that it would take to make the decision that, hey, we're going to cut D out of this episode, but then actually to get the people in line to execute it and then deliver the episode so that it would air live on MTV without D in it, that would be a, a strenuous enough process as is. So then to be able to change all of the DVR recordings for every single service provider across the US and Canada and across the world, I guess, in theory, right? Yeah. That would be an even more difficult task. So 
I would try to watch it now as soon as you can because I would assume that if I was MTV, I'm trying to get all the service providers to delete <laughs> that episode and mm -hmm. re-put up the cut-down version that eliminates all D's uh, appearances in the episode, which made for a really weird episode. And I guess we should say at one point, if you're listening right now and you don't know what we're talking about, or you're, because you, there could be people that are listening right now that are really confused as to, wait, why was D cut out of the entire thing? And what are they even talking about? Like, there could be people thinking about that. So should we explain D's tweets and what yes. happened first? And then tell people, okay, hey, this is what happened. This is why there's two versions. If you need to then go watch the full version, go watch and then come back and watch the rest of the episode. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Or to listen me. to the rest of the episode. Sorry. Again, let me explain that. <laughs> we'll say the tweets. <laughs> tell you what happened. Then go watch the full episode of The Challenge. Then come back and listen to the full episode of You Killed It, where we break down, because we're going to go through not the cut down version. We're going through the full actual version as you were intended to see it before D's Twitter blow up. And we're going to try to highlight the scenes that were cut. For sure. So like we have notes telling us what scenes were cut. So we'll be like, here's something you didn't see. We'll say shit like that. Yeah. Um, and I, to your point about the editing process, one thing to keep in mind is if they're editing from home, mm -hmm. they have to worry about bandwidth because they For have sure. to download huge raw clips. Yep. Unlike what we're getting on MTV.ca or what in the States they're getting on MTV.com. But how about you break down what happened with D? Yeah. So, I mean... I remember Monday scrolling on Twitter and seeing this trending and being like, oh shit, here, here we go. And it started off with Bailey who tweeted out, she, she screen caps a conversation or a couple of D's tweets are screen capped, but Bailey says, this is not how you support BLM short form for black lives matter. I'm disgusted and disappointed. This is not a trend. This is not life or sorry, this is life or death for us. Posting for clout about the death of black people, shame on you, D. So when you then click on the screen caps, there's a conversation where Gordy Bravo, whom I'm assuming is a fan, says to D or comments on one of D's posts and says, read the fucking room. All you posted was a black square and went about your day posting lame ass thirst traps. Wake up. People are dying. Shake my head. D responded to this person and said, people die every fucking day. You don't know me or what I do. I suggest you wake the fuck up and get off social media. So, yeah, first problematic tweet. People die every fucking day. All right, D, your piece of shit rating is at a, a very all time high there. But then. Also included in the screen cap is another tweet from D that says, I don't know why some of you think I'm anti BLM. I've been saying that since the day I lost my virginity with a smiley face sort of angel emoji. So yeah, D's piece of shit meter is pretty high at that point. And I don't think, John, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think we really need to go down a, a deep dive or like explain why those things are wrong right no. like those are the, like that's pretty straightforward like you're a piece of shit yeah it's 
racist and unacceptable and not unacceptable in this climate mm-hmm. it's unacceptable period like it's not i'm not saying it's unacceptable because of the events since yeah, george yeah. floyd's death it's unacceptable now five years ago ten years ago not acceptable things to say or do and there was an episode of this podcast of you killed it it must have been during one of the champs versus star seasons oh i know what it was uh hulk hogan appeared on the show because brooke hogan was on and that led us down a wormhole talking about hulk hogan because at the time he was in the middle of this like whole controversy and i was saying the reason i'm bringing this up now is because at the time on this pod i went in depth about how you know Sometimes it's not about what you say, but it's about what's behind. It's about the meaning of what you're saying. And so the example of Hulk Hogan, everyone was mad because there's this tape about him saying the N word. Right. And I was saying, yes, be mad about him saying the N word. That's terrible. That's horrible. We all know that. But to me, the part that was even worse, that wasn't getting enough credit, was about what he was saying, which was that he didn't want his daughter to be dating one of these, whatever he said, seven foot whatever N-bombs, unless maybe they were one of those million dollar making seven foot N-bombs. It was something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing, but I'm pretty accurate. Correct me if I'm wrong, John. Like, that's pretty much what he said on the tape. So. My point there is, yes, the use of the N-word is terrible, but the meaning behind what you were saying, like even if you subbed out the N-word for a black person, (laughs) that Mm -hmm. is still a horrible and extremely racist thing to say. So now let's bring this back to Dee and what she said in this moment. Yes, it's stupid for her to say what she said, right? Because Black Lives Matter obviously is not a joke. What's happening around the world in terms of the protests right now is not a joke. And white people having sex with a black person does not make you not racist okay like i don't mean to get too deep but let's keep it a buck for a second here there were white slave owners that slept with black people so so, raped black people which is a whole other topic conversation and i don't even want to get that deep because this is not that serious the point i'm trying to make though is fuck d If you really don't get why that's offensive or how that is offensive, fuck you too, because you have Google and you can easily pick up a computer or your iPhone or whatever it is that you're listening to this on and figure out the fact that that is something that is stupid. And then when you build it into this moment in time, this moment in history right now, in terms of what's going on, you got to get a clue. You got to get a clue. Absolutely. And there were immediate repercussions for Dee. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time when all this happened, she was in Kansas City, Missouri. In I don't know if all our listeners have seen this. Wes set up sort of his own charitable real world house where a bunch of um, reality TV people were staying with him in a basically a mansion he'd rented in Kansas City. Yep. And for the pandemic, they were going out and doing charitable deeds, planting trees, visiting people to like lift their spirits during the pandemic. Yeah. And um, I think they're like worked at a food bank, things, things of that nature, like giving back to the community. And D was part of that. Yeah. So Wes, he was out doing business of some sort. When he got back to the house, he saw everything that blew up. 
he kicked her out of the house in his words as fast as possible and that means like he didn't like toss her to the street but he made sure that she had somewhere to go and i don't mean like he was looking out for her basically where she is now last we heard according to wes is what he termed a mental health lodge yeah and who we can who can say the like connections between racism and mental health and the causes of racism and all that it's very complex it's above my uh, pay grade or understanding mm-hmm. but I do think there's something to be said that she had to see mental health counseling. I don't think that excuses her behavior at all. And I'm not going to say that it's why she said and did what she did. Mm -hmm. But right now, she's squared away. Um, MTV cut ties with her. It sounds like she's on that Camilla and Evan and Kenny style band. Where she's not going to be back. Which brings us to this week's episode well hold on there's a couple things i just want to touch on for a little bit here for sure the west side of it is you know the reality is and the reminder is that we're in the middle of a pandemic so like getting on a flight especially international flights is something that's extremely difficult um accommodations in terms of what's open what's not open extremely difficult so it wasn't as easy as west just being like hey get out of here figure out how you're going to get back home or figure out where you're going to stay. Like that's a convoluted thing to go through. So for them to go to the, to the extent that they did to find her, you know, a safe place where she could go, totally understandable, totally get it. And, you know, applaud them for, for handling that as uh, quickly as they did. Um, And deeming it unacceptable because I think like that's the part where the discussion needs to be cut off, right? Like, he deemed it unacceptable, cool, you're gone. MTV deemed it unacceptable, cool, you're gone. And for the people who are going to be like, wait, well, w- for what she said, and there was a lot more that happened. There's back and forth between her and Swaggy and Bailey online and lots of stuff there. But in terms of, you know, because the, the, there's going to be a segment of the people who might be listening to this right now that are like, oh, is that really enough to ban her like a tweet? And I'll, I'll just say this to you, okay? Because again, I'm not debating racism with anybody, okay? You get it or you don't. Yeah, but here's the thing. From the standpoint of a company, let's say you own a company. All of your employees are a representation of your company. Now add that to the fact where you're dealing with public figures, right? So now those public figures represent your company. So if you, someone who's listening to this and you're wondering, oh, did she really do something that bad? Think of it as in terms of one of your employees or maybe one of your family members. Is that a way that you would want one of your family members to represent you? Yeah. Pregnant pause for you to think on that, right? And then I'm going to assume that the answer is no. So therefore, you have this outcome where it's like, D, get out of here. And therefore, you have this outcome where they're rushing to cut down an episode, which just happened to be probably D's biggest episode, which is another important factor in all this because she was obviously trying to dig up some animosity online to continue to build her storyline, right? Like, I think that's a really important part of all this too. There's a nonchalantness to what she was saying to kind of, you know, because part of this whole thing too, according to Swaggy and Bailey, was D messaged them 
to make sure, hey, make sure that you guys don't message me or that we, we play up, that we're really fighting so that, you know, it plays more with the episode that's going to happen this week. And their angle is, wait, 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 you're talking about Black Lives Matter and stuff to play your villain role or whatever it is you think you're doing. We're not playing those games. We want nothing to do with these games. That's not a game. The challenge is a TV show. This is real life. And so I bring all this up to say, and sorry, I apologize for rambling here. I say all of this, I say all of this to say, you know, the lesson here is that this isn't nonchalant. This isn't a joke. This isn't something that's off the cuff. It's very, very serious. And so when people make decisions like that, the trickle down effect is the people who don't think it's that serious learn. Yeah. And then you make your decisions going forward. There's a few things we don't know. This is important to say. We don't know everything that happened behind the scenes. No. Uh, at Bunn and Murray Productions, at MTV, uh, what was said. Mm-hmm. But, but we, do, we do know a few things. Okay. And when I say we, I mean you and I specifically, Sheldon. We know okay. Okay. that cast members have a special... Um, they basically have an FTP site where they get to see the episodes three or four at a time in advance. And MTV provides them with animated GIFs so they can tweet as part of the promotion. And you've probably, you've probably wondered maybe how your favorite uh, cast members have such like great photos for Instagram yeah. that tied into that night's episode or how they have an animated GIF of themselves. That best. It's because MTV or Bun and Murray provides them. Yeah. And the episodes come out to them three or four at a time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, uh, depending on the circumstances, particular cast members will get the whole season in advance. For example, uh, when they've had one season start filming before another season has finished airing, and it's like a cast member is going to be on both shows. Yeah, yeah. They give that cast member all like the entire season because they know they're not going to have a TV when they're at the new challenge house. For sure. All this is to say that Bailey and Swaggy would have seen the full 90-minute version sometime last week at the very latest and yeah. had a sense of everything that D was saying and doing behind the scenes. Yeah. And so, and knowing that she was really trying to build up this storyline. And I think that from the MTV standpoint, company-wide, from the top down, you have to know that that would be an extremely bad look to have an episode tailored around this person in the current climate that is the United States right, United States right now. It'd be completely a horrible look to have the D episode. And I don't know what happens throughout the end of the season, but at least to date, this would have been the D episode. To have that air while this is going on on social media would have been a horrible look. So you understand for the people who are trying to figure out, wait, why did they cut all that out? Which we'll get to. um, You can understand why they made that strong decision. Like, listen, we just need to cut her out as much as we can. And... That turns my question to you, I guess, right? Like, because I didn't see the cut down version. So, mm-hmm. how awkward was that to watch? Just knowing, like, forget about what you saw afterwards, but just watching the original version that you did see. How awkward was that? There are parts that did not make sense. Okay. Uh, straight up, 
and we're, we're going to get to this. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but there's this is like a spoiler. The whole Johnny Rogan, Jenny, and to a lesser extent, Josh scheming to get D out. Yeah. Totally cut out. Okay. Um, the D and Bailey fight during the daily uh, competition. Yeah. Totally cut out. Okay. There, there was there was them sort of scrapping and pushing and shoving, but none of the confessional, none of the confrontation once they afterwards. Off. Okay. Um, none of a lot of Melissa's scenes were cut out. The scene at the bar was cut out, where they were basically Johnny and Josh were being like, "Uh, D's only up your ass now because she wants something from you." That was all cut out. So basically, it must have seemed just super random, like just yeah. sped up and like. Because I'm trying to think, like, what else happened? And and I'm saying that under the context of seeing the full episode. And I was just thinking, I was like, yo, how could they cut D out of this and still have a show? I felt like she was the entire episode. Yeah, and there was, it was, they cut it. I don't, I want to be fair to the editors. Because there's oh, a no, rush no, no. job. They have, no, 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 no. I, I hope, I hope I'm not coming off as saying that this is, like, uh, a poor job by them. I think, like, because I understand exactly what happened. And fuck it. Doesn't matter how or what the end product is. We just can't have this bitch on our show <laughs> to, but, when it airs on Wednesday night. So I get but, it. Totally get it. But there's points where they have reaction shots. Mm-hmm. To people being nominated, people being losing, people winning yeah. that don't make sense. Okay. Like okay. there's one scene um, when they declare the winners are uh, Melissa and Josh and mm-hmm. then Johnny. They cut to Bailey and she looks like pissed off and upset. Mm-hmm. Which like in the original edit, the 60 minute version that I saw, you're kind of like, why is Bailey so upset? Like Bailey's often upset. Oh, like, okay, I got time, you. Yeah, like, yeah, I got you. Like Bailey, why are you in your feelings? But in like when you see the full scene, then where you're she like, ah. and uh, and D are like close to throwing hands. Like mm-hmm. if they weren't in harnesses, yeah, they would have been connecting and like had a verbal altercation. Like without that context, like there's and like when Johnny says like I have to ask Rogan like for his permission to do this yeah rogan was basically not in the episode to that point because all of rogan's scenes are with d so they're like cut out if you don't know this background you're like why is rogan matter (laughs) something there's two other things i want to address before we get into the actual i got i got one other thing too that's kind of about the editing before you yeah. go, if that's okay. So the other thing for people to, to to think about here from a behind the scenes production standpoint, right? The way how they're doing this, and especially now that there's probably not people going into the office, they're probably having people edit from home and edit off of like external hard drives, right? So think about having all of the raw footage that's shot on all these external hard drives when someone puts together the episode. So now, Two days before, there's no chance, okay, or I highly doubt that they were then going back in to get raw footage to re-edit things, right? My assumption would be they just went straight to the actual timeline and just straight cut out scenes, right? Because there's not enough time to try to rejig or re-add in some more raw footage because literally you'd have to, well, who has a hard drive that has this raw footage on it? Right? How are you going to transfer that to someone else? How long is it going to take to edit it? To do that in two days 
or three days. Who, who knows how long this all got set in motion. But again, these tweets are from the 6th and the episode aired on what, the 10th? <laughs> so yep. that's four days, three days if we're being real. And you know, one of those days was a corporate email decision being going zoom meetings probably being held at the top of mtv and and brunham murray trying to figure this out so that's all i want to say so i'm not knocking the editors congrats to them for even pulling off a re-edit in under such a crazy crazy time crunch and yeah screw d for making them have to do that i got i saw some messages i saw some people not just like messaging me or you directly, but just like mm -hmm. on the uh, challenge Facebook group on Twitter, talking about this. And some people were sort of saying like, well, like, you know, MTV has to make up its mind. They didn't ban Georgia when she had her blackface incident. Mm -hmm. It took them like, if you'll recall, Camilla and her racially charged confrontation with Leroy was sort of two-thirds of the way through one season and then she was on champs versus stars yeah where she basically had a meltdown and was taken off the show so in other words they didn't ban her after that situation with leroy like no. she was back for another season so they I banned her because she hit a producer yeah not because of her racial uh comments so i saw a lot of people saying like you know mtv make up your mind like mm -hmm. which one is it and to, I hate to say to defend MTV, but I hope this means that MTV is learning. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think they handled the Camilla or Georgia situations in the best way possible. Here, it's like made for like a really choppy episode for a lot of people, but at least it's swifter action. And I hope this represents them learning. Yeah. Because like, let's not forget the challenge is a spinoff of the real world. And if you watch the original seasons of the real world, yeah. It was a very socially conscious program. And, you know, they tackled the AIDS epidemic at the early 90s, which was very taboo when they had uh, Pedro on The Real World, who was uh, HIV positive and later died. Mm -hmm. But they tackled that head on. As I said, I think it was just last week or two weeks ago when Jordan lost. I was talking about how they've always been great about having representation yeah. of all races uh, mm -hmm. the entire LGBTQ uh, spectrum, uh, but that Jordan's the only disabled person that they've had on. Mm -hmm. So like in a lot of ways, they used to be more out front, upfront about these things. And they've, um, there's the real world, is it skeletons maybe, or explosion? I can't remember which season, but there was okay. one where they address Black Lives Matter. And it was the first time that half of the cast was black or biracial okay so like let's not like i agree they did not handle the camilla and georgia thing necessarily the best way possible certainly not camilla yeah um but this is a step in the right direction and like let's just applaud the fact that they are dealing with racist behavior as quickly as possible no i agree with that i definitely agree with that the other thing I want to point out about D is that this, we cannot assume that this is the first time she has said something raci that's racist or racially insensitive. Correct. In fact, yeah. a cast member from this season, Big mm -hmm. T, mm -hmm. who happens to be black, 
yes. actually, after all this came forward, shared her own experience with Dee. Yeah, and so there is a Ashley's the Ashley's reality TV roundup. Um, D was posting about cancel culture on Instagram and follow me for a second here, right? D tried to apologize. D tried to say all these things on Twitter. And with that said, uh, Big T also addressed D's offensive tweets in a post on Instagram stories, calling them disrespectful and utterly degrading and wholly insensitive. She also claimed that she was, quote, not surprised by the post, quote, she said that she felt like she was blacker than me because I didn't know the name of a musician and because she hadn't seen me fight and be aggressive. She wrote, and per the outlet, quote, I felt like she was trying to make me fit her idea of a stereotype. And close quote, first off, these are the things like, you know, I used the Hulk Hogan example earlier, right? In terms of what I'm talking about. And again, we mentioned the other pod on on uh, the other On Blast pod that we did where we talked about this for a while. But a lot of these things when we talk about we're trying to like grade levels of racism, people don't realize the inherent stereotypes and what they mean in terms of, you know, when you negative, you, the negative connotations that come with certain things are more detrimental to certain groups than they are to others, right? So if you want to say something like, you know, Asians can't drive or something like that, like those are, that's not a good stereotype. That is a racist statement, but not being able to drive, comparing that to thinking that someone is not smart Right. Like I hate that. Like, I don't want to sit here and, you know, compare and make one struggle worse than the other. That's not what I'm trying to do here. But my, what I'm trying to say is and I'm struggling at saying it because I'm trying not to be super mad <laughs> while saying it. What I'm trying to say is that, you know. Think about being Big T and everyone on that show. Right. Loves Big T. That's all we saw this whole season. And so imagine her. And, and then add in the layer of being from a different place, right? Because racial interactions in Toronto or Canada is different than racial interactions in the U.S. And that even varies from state to state, city to city. Big T is from England, London? London, yeah. So now Big T is talking to her and now you're trying to grade her blackness based off of her not knowing a musical act or you know her not being aggressive or i'm gonna tell you something me you you hear me on this podcast i'm fairly mild-mannered in my everyday life i'll tell you how many times i've had to continuously tell people i'm not mad <laughs> i'm not being mad and and in turn my reaction is turned to i'm just not gonna say anything then <laughs> because yeah. when i say something that might be counter to your point you accuse me of being mad. And so with the knowledge of there's this stereotype out there of the quote unquote angry black person or angry black man, my response to that in my everyday life, Sheldon Alexander, TV producer in Toronto, Ontario, my reaction to that is, you know what? I'm just not going to say anything. I'm going to be quiet. Yeah. So m the reason I bring this all up is just because like these things are damaging and i know that people don't think they are because you think that it's just off the cuff and like 
oh, that's, you know, a throwaway comment or whatever. But these things have real impacts on real people. And not everyone is going to be able to handle it in a gracious way like Big T to where you just kind of accept it. You laugh it off. You're just like, she's an idiot or whatever. And then you, you know, you, you move away from it. And maybe the lesson that D needed happened now, right? Because clearly to her, while she's texting Swaggy and Bailey and telling them, hey, keep this up online, keep making it seem like you guys are arguing with me, she clearly did not get it. Hopefully now she gets it. I hope so too. I really do hope that she learns from this. And I mean, we saw that there was, there was sort of, reverberations through the world of reality tv was it yeah. four cast members from the uh vanderpump rules yeah were fired because of how they treated faith who had also been on the challenge yeah and then also two people went back to a couple of uh one of the main characters actually on vanderpump rules stassi went back into her like one of her podcasts where she had some horrible horrible comments as well that i can say as a fan of that show i had no idea I did not know about this. I did not know anything about it. And I was kind of like, oh, yeah, that is extremely prob problematic. And I don't want to fuck with you anymore. And I love that show. And I and I thought, you know, Stassi was one of the funniest characters and she was cool and whatever. And, you know, seeing some of those comments, too, it's kind of like, oh, so that's how you see me. Yeah. OK, fuck you. Right. Like that's <laughs> yeah. and that's just that's how simple my reaction is to all of this, because I've said it on the other pod and I'll say it here, too. It's like you can ride with us if you want. And if you don't, that's also cool. But at least now we know and I don't need to mess with you on that side. So <laughs> you can stay over there. And if you want to whirl with us, cool. I'm here. We can continue to have these conversations. I can try to explain things if you if you genuinely want to know and genuinely want to have a conversation i'm here but also before uh running around to any black person you know asking them to explain their experience also <laughs> maybe read a book or watch a movie like try educating <laughs> yourself first Correct. before loading any racialized person you know with the responsibility to educate you because it's not their fucking job like you can figure there's out so yourself. something i want to say right actually you know what i'm gonna say it because i go won't it. i won't go ham on it but the the narrative that's going on about like we need white people to do blank yeah gets me so frustrated because it, it fits back into the the uh quote-unquote white savior trope that we see all the time in movies right like if you think of the help or hidden figures hidden figures especially where uh, Kevin Costner's character wasn't even a real person. They like invented this dude, right? To be the savior, to like knock down the sign, to like, you know, hey, uh, this doesn't have to be the black washroom. This is everybody's washroom. Like they made up a character to fit this trope. But anyways, I bring this up to say like, that's not what the narrative is. I should not have to beg you, okay, to understand that racism is bad or that police brutality is bad. That is something that you should be able to understand yourself. Now, does that mean that John, who is one of my good friends, who also happens to be white, does that mean that I don't think that John can help? Of course I think John can help. And of course I know that John is an ally that will continue to help. But I don't need to ask him for that, right? 
he's smart enough to figure things out. He's smart enough to know. And we can then have educated conversations. Now, if it's something that turns into, you know, where I'm sitting here begging other people, like, no, that's that's not what it is. Because the reality is, first off, I'm pretty sure that's been happening for 400 plus years and it hasn't worked. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure, point. going out on a limb, pretty sure that's been happening for 400 years and it hasn't helped. Secondly, think about what's going on now, and I don't want to switch gears too much, but when you see the work that, you know, you see the, the efforts made by what happened in the NFL, where mm-hmm. their internal head office was mad at the lack of a comment made by Roger Goodell, that they went outside of Roger Goodell straight to the black players to make a statement, forcing Roger Goodell to make a statement. That shows is something that you can do to show the power that we have as black people and forget about as black people, as people that want to help the movement. Mm -hmm. Because yes, you can do that within black people and you can do that with other people that want to help. But this whole begging for people to help you or saying that I need X person to step up and say this. Did you see that video that's floating around today? From all those stars with like Aaron Paul and like... I I saw a screenshot. I can't bring myself to watch it. (laughs) It's very cringy. But at the same time, I watched it and I thought, okay, so this is what these people were talking about when they're like, hey, this is what you wanted? This is what you guys needed? No, that's not about it. That's not it. And I get it. People are trying. But try harder. Rant over. Sorry. Be thoughtful about how you try. For sure. Like it's, it's not useful to like blow your load over one week and like show what a great ally you are and like try to win approval like good allyship is not about winning approval it's about doing the right thing being empathetic Mm -hmm. and just like putting in the work and when i say putting in the work again i can't stress this enough this doesn't mean just like calling up like some like black friend that you met like five Mm. years ago it means like read a book authored by a black person. It doesn't even have to be about their experience, but maybe it'll open your eyes to the fact that they are just like you and might have the same interests as you and maybe might not fit into what you picture a black person to be. The same goes for indigenous people or mm-hmm. Asian people. Like just like broaden your horizons. I think and like to, do that work yourself. Yeah. And I, I think to, you know, I'm sure there's someone listening to this right now that's like, kind of like, okay, talk about the challenge, talk about the show already. And I get that. Trust me. I get that. I understand it. I want to talk about just a challenge. I really do. But when things like this happen, to me, it kind of becomes even more important for us to use this platform of people who might not get it or who might be thinking that to be like, wait, why is this such a big issue? Or what are they talking about when they talk about systematic racism or why these little things or things that seem little matter so much in the grander scheme i would advise you to sit down and watch something like 13th Mm. and you know i'll just say that as a recommendation as much as we sit down and we obviously recommend watching the challenge all the time well after you watch the challenge (laughs) sit down and watch the movie 13th by ava duvernay documentary sorry on netflix and that will explain to you a lot of the systematic things that has happened in our society that negatively affect one portion of society a lot more than the other. Yeah. 
And that's oh. all I'll say. No, because I think that people don't get it, right? And and no, they don't. And, and I and I I always try to think of both sides and I think about, okay, well, what's a person thinking that's listening to me rant right now that just wants to hear us talk about what happened in the episode, right? And I think about, okay, well, how does that person get it? They're not going to get it from me ranting at them and they're not going to get it from me begging them to like help us, right? Mm. So sit down, just watch the doc, educate yourself. It's Netflix. How much time do we spend on Netflix every day? Yeah, right? especially so, right now. <laughs> yeah. We got the time, just do it. And then we can get back to talking about the challenge. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, and like, I I know that you were just saying that, you know, people, I don't know how deep we are into this podcast, like maybe 30 minutes and we haven't really like broken down the episode yet, which is undoubtedly what people want. Yeah. But as far as I'm concerned, first of all, not that we make money on You Killed It. We actually lose money. That's mm-hmm. fine. Like I don't yeah, care. Yeah. But we do it for us. So if yeah. someone doesn't want to hear this, mm-hmm. that's too bad. I'm sorry. I'm a Canadian. We apologize a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> but also, I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this for you. And I also know anecdotally, I don't have the hard numbers like I do of like Canadian listeners versus American listeners. Mm-hmm. But I also know that we have a large segment of our listenership that are black. They're either black Canadian or African American. Mm-hmm. And they probably are loving hearing this and hearing your thoughts and hearing my thoughts. And for our Canadian listeners, again, I said this earlier, keep in mind that Canada does have a different racial history and you should learn about that. Like it's not just on, it's not just an American problem. It's a Mm -hmm. worldwide problem. Yeah. And you should look into the Canadian history and the Canadian issues. Right now in Toronto, there's a major street, one of the biggest streets in Toronto called Dundas, which is mm-hmm. named after Lord Dundas, who delayed the abolition of slavery in the British Empire. So even yeah. though Ontario was the first part of the British Empire around the world to abolish slavery, we also have a street that honors someone that put it off for the rest of the empire by 15 years and cost hundreds of thousands of lives as a result. Yeah. So you got to look into it. For sure. For sure. Got to look into it. And I, I think too, in closing, if so, uh, closing about this portion of the conversation, for me personally, the reason why sometimes I'm so off the cuff about, I'm not trying to argue with people about it is because I know that doesn't work. Because if people don't want to hear you, they're not going to hear you anyways. So that's why I just kind of try to say, and I know, as you mentioned, we've been in this pod now for probably 30 minutes talking about it after I said I didn't really want to talk about it. But that's kind of me masking how I want to really deal deal with it, if that makes sense, as I'm talking my way through this. But the reason why I'm like you know, off the cuff about it is you either, and I'm I'm saying this again and I'm repeating it because it's so important. You either want to be a part of the solution or you don't, right? So you either want to listen and you want to learn and you want to be on, forget about the racism or, you know, being racist or not racist. This is a historical moment that's going on in the world right now. And what side of history do you want to be on? And if if we got to have an in-depth conversation or, you know, I don't want to rant with you about that, but just think of it from that perspective, there's a historical moment right now going on. What side of history do you want to be on? And it's either right or wrong. It's not black or white. It's not police brutality. It's not like those are all subsections of just right or wrong. Yeah. 
And if you just think about some of the things that are happening, it comes down to that basic, basic two sides of the coin, right or wrong. That's it. It's that simple. Shall we talk about the challenge? Shall we give the people <laughs> what they want? And that is to talk about what they missed. Since you and I yeah. have the advantage of having seen the full yeah, so original episode. Basically, if you haven't seen the full episode of the challenge, as intended, go right now, try to figure that out with your cable subscribers, see if it's still there on demand, and then come back and listen to the rest of this pod. For those of you that have seen it, or for those of you that want to be entertained by us and and like have the surprise of the, wait, hold on, what? <laughs> <laughs> Hang with us and we'll go through it. And for me, I for one cannot imagine what this episode would have been like i would have been so confused watching it without all the d stuff because this whole episode was about d and we're on the record before all of this happening being absolutely out on d right yeah like i don't know how many times me and you have done this pod and i've been like i don't even want to talk about this girl this girl is mad annoying yeah whatever I, and, yeah, I mean, oof. speaking of being on the right side of history, like we have never been like in D's corner. No, uh, not at all. So in that respect, we got lucky. The 60 minute version, both episodes begin with everyone marching back mm -hmm. after Wes's elimination, his historic loss to Johnny. Yeah. And the first sort of reaction, of course, is bananas talk about how he's used to seeing Wes eliminated but then <laughs> something that most people did not see is that we have D and Rogan cuddling together on the couch classic side spoon action you know up in yep. the nook mm -hmm. and talking about Wes's elimination D upset is upset that her buddy is gone and Rogan's sort of like nodding and agreeing because like I think Rogan got along with Wes I'd say yeah yeah and then in confessional, Rogan says he doesn't trust D. And then they show a replay. It was like a minute long sort of package of all of D's shadiness this season. Yeah. Her confrontation with Tori and Jordan about how she had a handshake with Jenny, but not with them. And how like that yeah. whole breakdown. And then the conversation D initiated with Rogan where she's like, Jenny's got to go, even though she's like my best girl, like that whole thing. Mm -hmm. They recapped it and it closed with Rogan saying he can't trust you. Yeah. Uh, Rogan plays an interesting role in this whole thing just because like it's not like Rogan is very trustworthy himself. But for me to be siding and we talked about this a couple episodes ago for us to be siding with Rogan just tells you how slimy D is. Right. Yeah. Um, but I also agree with them. I wouldn't trust her either, right? I wouldn't trust her either. And it makes sense. You know, you've seen her, her, other than Wes, her allegiances continue to change depending on who has the power. And she's always scheming and playing above her head, right? Like she thinks she's a bigger deal than she actually is within the house. And I think that is probably her downfall. But I mean, let's continue anyways. Cause I mean, Maddie. Maddie also was someone who wanted to go in and made that known from the beginning, um, which we talked about for weeks now. The The tide has turned on that discussion, right? In terms of, do you want to go in? Do you not want to go in? 
and Maddie clearly makes her 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 place known. But the flip side is Maddie is really good. (laughs) So how much did that change the narrative of Maddie sort of demanding to go in regardless of what happened for the other girls who may have wanted to go in, but maybe not so much against Maddie? How much did that change that whole, you know, wavelength in the house? Well, one thing I didn't understand was why didn't I mean, Melissa, we'll get to it, but Melissa winds up on the tribunal. But why didn't Bailey challenge Maddie? Like, Maddie gets unanimously voted in at her request. Mm-hmm. Why didn't Bailey say, like, oh, I want to go in, too, and, like, try to split the vote, see if she can get some people behind her? Like, like make, make it tougher. I think that there's still some people who might say that they want to go in, but they really don't want to go in. They don't want that smoke, as you no. always say. Right? So I think Bailey kind of falls into that category. And also... She probably didn't really want to go in if there's a chance that she's going to go in against Maddie. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, I want to go in. I want to go in. But if you volunteer to go in and then the tribunal ends up putting in Maddie, you're kind of screwed. So a scene that a lot of people did not see Mm -hmm. was that after Maddie is talking to Nelson and Fessy and Casey about how she wants to go in and is like, uh, uh, politicking to get votes, uh, campaigning. That's the word I'm looking for. She's campaigning yeah, yeah. to get votes. Yep. We have another scene that was cut out, which is Melissa and D talking about Rogan and D's relationship. Yeah. And D and Rogan apparently, this is according to D, had been talking to each other about how horny they are in the house, partly out of boredom, partly out yep. of pure wanton lust. Yep. Um. But Dee tells uh, Melissa that right now she and Rogan are just trying to be friends. So no more sex. They're trying to, they're trying to turn that corner. So no more hooking up. <laughs> then we've got a scene where Rogan invites Dee and Melissa to a pool party. because And he Jenny. And Kyle and Jenny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rogan, Kyle, and Johnny are drinking beer in the pool and doing the like old whirlpool thing where you all like run in the same direction and then like <laughs> let the yeah. current carry you. Yeah. And Kyle says, like, if the final is us in an indoor pool, me and Rogan are gonna win because like we're the best at drinking beers in the pool. <laughs> so just like regular like chicanery shenanigans. Yep. Yep. And later on that evening. After they've left the pool, like you see, they're like changing other bathing suits. Rogan goes to have a shower. Dee goes into the shower with him. And Anissa is our window into this because she witnesses all this. She is. And she describes a scene that certainly (laughs) implies that they were either having sex or clapping together. (laughs) Who's to say? Who's to say? But either way, Sheldon. Either way, it was described as not lasting very long. Yeah. It was a short song. A short applause, maybe. Let's say it was more of a golf clap than a standing (laughs) ovation. You know what I'm saying? Um, There's so many different points in this episode where I had to think about this from two angles. One angle being... Okay, I really hate D and I find her super annoying. Get her off my screen. But also, okay, well, how much more is added to that based off of what's actually going on? 
And that was yeah. a weird duality to watch this this episode with, because as mentioned, we've never really liked D or we've yeah. always been on that side of, you know, so normally if all that stuff didn't happen on Twitter, I would be watching this and being like, all right, next scene, get yeah. away with this, like, get off this, up, whatever. <laughs> but in my mind, I was thinking, wait, does she get eliminated on this episode? So I was kind of like happy in a sense because I'm like, oh, they're getting all the D stuff out of the way maybe because she's going to get kicked off this episode or she's going to lose in the end. That's what I was thinking. So yeah, it was a weird duality watching. So Josh. Also, I was going to say also weird watching a lot is Josh. That was going to yeah. be my throwback to you. <laughs> <laughs> so Josh is wearing a face mask. I can't decide <laughs> if it's an improvement or not. It's definitely I mean, like, hey, I'm sure. not here to make fun of people do that you. take care of their skin. Hey, do you, Josh? But it's also like, it's a funny look. You know, it's not. It's a not necessary look. You're doing too much. You didn't need to do that. Well, but also, like, I again, I don't. As much as I dislike Josh, I'm not going to criticize anyone for taking care of their skin. It's just like it was a weird look. All I'm saying is, you could have done that after having the conversation with Nani. Yeah, that's fair. That's all I'm saying, right? You didn't need to do that on camera. You're doing that on camera to be extra. So something that most people did not see is that as Jenny and Bananas, it seems like they were stretching after a workout. They're yep. on the turf. There's a lot of working out going on in this bunker. I think it's out of boredom and people are mm -hmm. sick of each other and they're gearing up for that final. But Bananas sort of raises the topic of D with Jenny and says... I don't know how you put up with her. Like his exact words were every time she's around, I feel like I want to puke. And he says that since she's uh, one last season, she's been carrying herself like she's king shit and he just does not like her. And he's basically, he's being very brutally honest, but he's basically yeah. driving at like, Hey, do you want to get rid of D? And Jenny's like, hells yes. <laughs> because as we know, Jenny yeah. feels very betrayed by D. For sure. And I would like to say that a lot of my reasoning for not liking D the whole time was exactly what Bananas is explaining. Yeah. She comes into this house now as if she's the big boss. And how many times do we hear her say things like, they better not do this or else I'm going to get so mad. And it's like, so what? What does that mean? <laughs> right? Like, who cares you and I that said you're this, mad? Who are you, you? You and I said this in the preview of this season that a big question would be like, would Dee and Rogan come in humble mm -hmm. or not? And Dee certainly did not because at the end of the day, Tori, Jordan, and CT carried Rogan and Dee to a championship last season. Correct. They contributed in their ways, but like they would not have won without two of the greatest male competitors this show has ever seen in their mm -hmm. corner. Correct. Like it would not have happened without those two. Correct. All facts. All facts. So the daily competition is called Flag Down, and they're basically harnessed in two pairs at the front of what they call a tank. I'm not convinced it's a tank. It might be a tank destroyer. It might be uh, an armored cannon. Let's just say it's an armored military vehicle. I I'll don't leave know that that's to actually you, a tank. I'll, I'll leave that to you. I'll leave that to you. Tank is a, is a sufficient description for me. 
what they have to do is collect flags as mm-hmm. this tank like rolls around and like basically drives them into cardboard boxes <laughs> yes and go by like exploding paint bombs this looked awesome this like, looked it looked so much fun yeah it looked like it was a lot of fun it also looked pretty hard there's also should have been a strategy to it and you know obviously the big side of this is it's a female elimination so as we get down to this point of the season a lot of strategy comes in right because obviously some people have red skulls some people don't some people have alliances that they want to help people get red skulls some people don't then from the guy's point of view you might not even care about this at all because it has nothing to do with you and then you might be swaggy and it matters a whole lot to you so there's a lot at stake here with something that is quote unquote an individual challenge which tj did emphasize at the beginning right but you know i found it super interesting because he emphasized that at the beginning but then at the end which we know how it plays out but we'll we'll get to that it made me really wonder if that was all planned that's all i'll say for now we'll pick that up when we go through the rest of the challenge but who starts off the first group is i believe yeah it's kyle and rogan are one pair and maddie and anisa are the other pair yeah and something that got cut out is kyle's doing really well in anisa's words it looks like he's holding a bouquet a bouquet of flags (laughs) yes something that got cut out from the like main version the 60 minute version that most people saw is that in confessional Rogan explains that he's helping Kyle win so that Kyle can get into the tribunal, bring Rogan onto the tribunal, and then nominate D. Correct. That got cut, and that's a key point. And like I said to you earlier, Rogan's role in all of this was not so clear, but that confessional that they cut is very explicit what his intentions were, even at that stage. And so as we keep going through these scenes that are cut out, it's important to make the reminder that clearly they're just trying to cut out any reference of D that's possible. Yeah. Right? So any mention of D possible, her name comes up. Even LT mentioned this, and I didn't see the episode, so I don't know. But he was saying even when they put up the names for the tribunal, like who they were picking, they didn't even show D's name. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> Which is like, okay, further to the point of how we were bringing it, breaking it down earlier, any mention of D cut out get out of here which was interesting super interesting to think about because she was so massive in this episode but the strategy here by rogan and kyle before you before the ending was revealed right before tj does his tj thing what did you think of their strategy i don't think it's a bad strategy and like of anyone they seem to be the most subtle about it Mm -hmm. like they showed us other people cheating by, like, yeah. passing them off. Yeah. Like, I gather Kyle and Rogan were passing them when the bombs went off. So they're, like, Maybe. covered by smoke. But, like, they, they, the only evidence they had was that suddenly Kyle had, like, hundreds of flags. <laughs> and, I mean, Rogan even did a pretty good acting job when he got back, right? Because everyone's yeah. like, oh, Kyle won. Rogan, what happened? He's like, oh, I don't know. Kyle just got more flags than me. And he's a pretty bad actor, <laughs> but he was trying. And people, especially D, 
seemed to buy it. And significantly, that was cut out. Yeah. That scene when Rogan comes back and Dee's asking him, like, oh, Rogi, like, why'd you have a hard time? He's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't in the like 60 minute episode, but. Okay. It Again, was, he, no D. Yeah, no, no D, D allowed. No D and no. It was not. I'm not saying that they're trying to absolve Rogan. It's just like Rogan and D are so tied together that you have to cut Rogan out. And, oh yeah, and, and like the effort to cut out D. Um, no, from what you guys are explaining, anytime D was saying anything, it's just not in the episode anymore. Pretty much. Um, then was Josh and Bananas. Yeah. And Josh was just taller than Bananas, so he just had a reach advantage, which seemed to work for him a lot. Um, Casey and Melissa. Casey, I think, got the upper hand on Melissa, right? Uh, but they weren't working together. Neither of those groups seemed to be working together. Then we had Nani and Jenny, who were working together. Mm-hmm. And Jenny was basically handing flags to Nani, who clearly wants to get in because she wants to kind of control if she can go into an elimination and get her red skull. Uh, Then next, in the big scene that, as you mentioned, was not involved in this, and I thought was, you know, this would have been a massive, massive deal if people saw it, but Dee and Bailey are partners. And this kind of gives you more insight into why D was on Swaggy and and uh, Bailey and texting them and trying to get them to continue to tweet things at her to make the people seem like they still have beef to beef up the storyline. Like you can see why they're upset because Bailey in the moment is upset because while they're doing the challenge, D was saying she's going to throw elbows. She was going at it with Bailey and unlike anyone else that we've seen so far in this competition they were really going at it and d was blatantly throwing the boxes in bailey's face uh she was taking flags out of bailey's hands and then they were going at it like as Corey said like they're actually fighting yeah how stunned were you when you actually saw that scene about how heated it got between the two of them so in my experience I, this was actually the first scene I saw of any part of the show. Okay. Because I was, you and I were both tagged in this mm-hmm. deleted scene. Okay, yeah, yeah. So the two versions are so different. And this is, there's sort of three or four scenes in particular that are really altered heavily. And okay. this is one of them. So okay. the 60 minute version, yeah, you get the sense that they're scrapping. Okay. But there's no context given. Uh, so Dee's confessional where she explains that she's trying to force Bailey to lose because she sees her as Melissa's competition. Yeah. That's cut out. The mm. level of aggressiveness is cut out. And then the argument that they had once they were out of the harnesses was cut out. Um, as was the confessional where Bailey's crying and saying that she's tired, that it's a game to other people. But she's trying to win to make her life better for herself. And I have to say, so in my notes, mm-hmm. after that confessional from Bailey, I already understood why they had to cut out all these D parts. But this scene is so emblematic of uh, systemic racism. And mm-hmm. like, I'm sure there's going to be someone that says that what I'm about to say is a stretch. But what Bailey is describing of how this is yes it's a game 
but like she can't seem to get ahead because it's stacked against her with someone ripping it out of her hands mm-hmm. like it's not hard to see how that could be an allegory a metaphor for systemic racism and how the odds are stacked against black people and I think... also d is such a bully in this scene yeah that you just like there's no way you could have this scene I just think the the thing to remind ourselves about, especially as people who consume reality TV, is what if the reverse was going on? Mm. Right? And, you know, what if Bailey was the one being this bully and doing that to D? And, again, there's some people that are going to listen to this and think that it's a stretch, but the angry black woman trope is a thing. Think about how many times we've seen Bailey raise her voice and all our reactions are, oh, there goes Bailey. And I'm saying that from a place of I've seen Bailey on a reality show before. Yeah. Right. And I see her how she has uh, Swaggy's back. Right. Mm -hmm. But let's be serious. A lot of reality TV is based off of the stereotypes of the angry black woman and so or the angry black man and so you'll see you know the way that things are edits edited to kind of fit into those narratives a lot and so part of what i see when i saw bailey in that moment is she's struggling with the fact that yes i get that i'm on a reality show but i'm also struggling with how i'm going to be perceived because at Mm -hmm. one point when she's arguing with with D, she says, I don't want to argue with you right now. I don't want to make an argument about this. She's saying that because she knows this is going to be weaponized in an edit, right? Yeah. She knows how this is going to be put together. So her crying, and sometimes we take the emotions of someone crying as if like they're sad, but it's also sometimes a sense of being broken and frustrated because you don't know how to deal in this situation. And there's too many things going on in her head. She's mad at what d did to her she feels disrespected but also in her mind she's battling with the fact that i don't want to be in another episode where i'm yelling at someone else yeah i don't want to be the person where i'm coming off as being the angry woman yelling at this person like you hear her say to d i don't want to fight with you i don't want to have an argument about it but you you hit me in the face twice like nobody else did that that's unacceptable so And maybe that's me thinking once I get the full scope of everything that's happening, it was a reminder to me of just how some of these things work. And, you know, just thinking about how you're perceived on camera. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I want to make a point also. Bailey and Swaggy were allies of Wes. Yeah, correct. D is an ally of Wes. Also correct. There must be, I don't want to put words in Bailey's mouth, but there must be a part of her that is thinking, what the fuck? Like, shouldn't we be on the same side here? Like, shouldn't my, the friend of my friend be my friend? Well, here, here's the thing, right? As much as bananas, and we'll, well, I'll get to it lately because I wrote it down twice, all's fair in love, war in the challenge, right? Yeah. There obviously is a line, and I think what Bailey's point is, okay, I get it that you might be working against me, but... Why are you the only one that is blatantly hitting me, right? You're the only one that's hitting your opponent. You're the only one that's stealing flags out of the other person's hands. Like, nobody else has done that, 
Why do you have to be the one to do that? Why are you being so aggressive? And, you know, to bring that up, I kind of get it. But D has shown evidence that she's just she's always doing too much. Yeah. And this is another example of that where you don't need to be that extra, but she is. And then laughing about it maniacally to play up this whole I'm the villain role. Yeah. And we saw, you know, some pairs cheated, sure, but some pairs genuinely competed with each other. Mm -hmm. And there was no, like, there was incidental contact, but there was no purposeful violence. Right? Yeah, like, like she's purposely slamming their best, you know. Well, like, she was purposely slamming the boxes into yeah. her face. Like, come on. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, no, that's fine. I just, uh, yeah, the, just, and again, like you were saying, my, perception of this episode was certainly colored by of course the whole controversy surrounding d but when bailey's saying to them this is a game but like i'm worried like there's real life consequences for me that's not that dissimilar from what she said about d's comments about black lives matter well here, here's a reach on my point no yeah, it's but. not a reach it's not a reach and i'll explain why sometimes people don't understand and i get it right so first off i'll preface this by saying of course, people wouldn't understand because you don't know the feeling of walking into a room every day and automatically being different. Mm -hmm. So there's another level of the game that's being played, right? That's always being played. A lot of times black people have to walk around in this duality of who am I and who am I allowed to actually project because I have to worry about how I'm coming off. You constantly have to be playing defense with how you're being perceived. Mm. And that might sound weird. It might sound like I'm being crazy or I'm overanalyzing, but I'm just telling you that is a reality that black people go through in their everyday life because you're constantly walking into rooms where people have these preconceived notions about you. And you could say that, again, everyone has preconceived notions about all races for sure, but not all of them carry the same negative connotations that they do for black people. So what Bailey's saying when she's when she's talking about, you know, being over aggressive or, you know, getting mad and getting in another argument, that's the stuff that she's talking about. She's constant consciously talking about I don't want to be perceived as this angry black woman because mm -hmm. D's not going to get that right. D's going to get the oh, she's just a, a good game player. Oh, she's an evil genius. Oh, uh, let's say when Maddie and Ashley were getting drunk. And they're having their screaming match. Oh, they're just drunk. Right? Yeah. That's the that's where it's coming from. There's not going to be, if Bailey does that, there's no like, oh, there goes Bailey, angry black girl again. That's the, the difference there. Um, but as we move on here, though, TJ announces everyone cheated. And it made me, or the people who cheated, which were Nelson, Fessy, Nani, Jenny, Kyle, and Rogan. And I did think for a split second... Would they have disallowed this if, um, would they have disallowed this depending on who actually won and who cheated? Oh. And I don't know. It's just a question because I'm always thinking about it from a production standpoint, right? And I'm thinking, okay, well, we know the people that cheated and we know now who the people who are that won. So in the effort of always trying to make the best television, Yo, TJ, tell these people that they're they're disqualified because they cheated, because that'll be a huge surprise. And then now we announce who really won. 
that's just more drama. That's just better TV. Yep. I don't know if that's the case. Just one of my random thoughts. But hey, who are the top people that won? Josh and Melissa. Yeah. I assume Josh was relieved because he was probably worried that Wes was still somehow going to put him in. He didn't win. <laughs> All right. um, Melissa uh, beats Maddie 85-81. Like, it was that close. Yep. Um, and Melissa and Josh choose bananas to join the tribunal. And Anissa immediately is like, man, bananas on a tribunal. Like, I'm cool because I have my red skull, but like, always going to be trouble. It's like, for sure. bananas can't do things straightforward, you know? For sure. Um, so a significant we ha- scene is Kyle asks the room mm-hmm. if anyone wants to go in for the vote. And Maddie confirms she still wants to go in. She says in confessional, yeah. I can't spend all week saying I want to go in and then back off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kyle and Melissa, who are friends in real life, get a little heated because she says, like, don't vote in Maddie. I want to go in as a tribunal member. I don't want to go against Maddie. And Kyle's like, what do you want me to do? Like, she's been, like, pushing for this all week. Like, I can't yeah. not do it. Like, it's... Yeah. It's too late. It's pretty much too late. So Unless you go and rally the troops, but there's just not enough people. There's not enough numbers. It just It's too late. Yeah. Then there's a scene that was cut out completely, which is Bailey and Swaggy by the campfire having yeah. a conversation about D how much they dislike D, how they would like to out D for all her behavior, which again, in the context of the past week, sort of like perked up my ears, but like... For sure. Who knows? Um, But that scene was completely cut out. Uh, Maddie gets unanimously voted in. And uh, in an exciting moment for me, they play Nellie's EI when they're going to the club. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And surprisingly, they're back at that very nice club. Nebi? Nebe? This one seemed to be a good dance party. It seemed like everyone was having a good time. Everyone's on the dance floor. I just need one scene when they go to the club of everyone on the dance floor, and then I'm happy. Yeah. Right? It's like that's a confirmation that everyone's having a good time. Even saw Johnny Bananas out there busting a little (laughs) two-step. Wiping his feet on the rhythm rug? (laughs) Uh this is one of the scenes that was heavily, heavily edited. Yeah. In the 60-minute version, the conversation with Josh, Melissa, and Bananas is very brief. And basically, okay. it amounts to Melissa saying, I'd like to vote in Bailey. Okay. In the uncut version, oh, it's yeah. much longer. Yeah. And this is where I think Melissa kind of played naive Mm -hmm. because it has to be obvious at this point that bananas and josh are trying to put in d because they're just you know they're trying to plant the seed they're trying to get what she they're trying to figure out what she's saying but also bananas is trying to poke holes in her relationship with d like oh don't you notice someone else just magically appears to be a little bit more up your ass all of a sudden and melissa's like no no me and d are cool and you get that going, but just the way that they're both egging on and bringing up D's name as a third option should have been a clear sign to Melissa that something is up, that something is going on. And I mean, 
I was excited for this because I think this was the first time that we were seeing a potential double cross in the tribunal. Yeah. Because to date, everyone was kind of on the same page in the tribunal each and every week. Everyone was kind of straight up about, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is a plan. This was the first week, and it's not surprising that Bananas is involved, <laughs> but this was the first week where there was some misdirection. There was some, okay, yeah, this is what we're going to say, but this is what we're actually going to do, because I know, and the way that they produced it, they, they made the show like this on purpose, there's three people so that you can backdoor motherfuckers, right? Yeah, that's the <laughs> entire that. point. <laughs> that's the entire point. And we finally got here. What is this? Episode 11 of the season? Yeah. We finally got here and we're seeing it. We're watching it go down. So I'm going to ask you, did you think that Melissa knew what Bananas and Josh were going to do? And she was just kind of playing dumb because that was best, better fit for her game. No, I think she actually bought into their lines. Okay. I do. Okay. It's I think it's a good question. Like I understand why like you you like kind of doubt her, but like judging from her anger levels later in the episode and seemingly in the like next episode from the like preview we saw. Yeah. Um there is another scene that was cut out here. Yep. Your girl D added again. D and Josh are having drinks and she warns him that if she's a nominee, she'll take things very personal. That's her wording. Uh, she also says, I don't even want to be an option. I don't really value. Oh, and then in confessional, she says, I don't really value my friendship with Josh, <laughs> which is par for the course for D. The only relationship she seems to value on the show is Rogan and to a lesser extent, Wes. And even then, not even so much Rogan. He's just a piece of meat. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. Buddy. Is there a conversation that you would want to listen to least than, <laughs> than D and Josh? Mm. <laughs> no. Dun, 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 dun. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, yeah, I... The, the part that I don't get about D is what part of the game plan is this? Like your game plan is just terrible. Like you're wielding some power trying to intimidate Josh, which like what a what purpose does that serve? But B, why would that even work? Like what makes you think that that would work? How is that a good strategy? Don't say my name or else because the obvious follow up is or else what? Yeah. And then what is your retort? You're going to be really mad? Okay, so what? She also, as I've said all along, like the strategy in my mind for anyone should be like, get your red skull and then lay low, which is yeah. essentially what Jenny has done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like Anissa. Anissa. Like once you have your red skull, just sort of like wash your hands of the whole situation. Go with the flow. Stick with your longtime friends. Agreed. Don't piss people off as best you can. Get your workouts in. Have fun without like disturbing people's sleep or whatever. And then and then just like bide your time. Like that's totally you agree. Do. Like Casey. Casey's a great example. No, Casey's not pissing off anyone. Nope, she's not saying anything. No. Um, then we get D and Melissa. 
D tells Melissa she's worried about the game plan. She thinks that Rogan and Johnny have something up their sleeves and she wants Melissa to try to stop it. But I get why this scene's in there because it's filler. But they also have to understand that it doesn't matter. It was cut out, though. Like, this scene was cut out. No, no, no. But I'm saying, like, I'm saying in the full normal episode. In the full normal episode, I guess why it's there. It's there to, like, fill time so they hit the 90 minutes. But they have to realize that even if if, if, uh, Bananas and Josh are up to something... It doesn't matter that they're against it because they have more numbers. So Melissa can be upset about it. She can try to stop it, but it doesn't matter at all. And then we get to the nominations and it's Bailey and Nani. And you got to give Johnny Bananas credit here. We always talk about Johnny Bananas being an extra producer on the show. Mm -hmm. And I want to know because I had to rewind it. Because I was like, wait a second, there's something about Johnny Bananas promising Melissa that he's not going to put in, that he's not going to put in D. Yeah. And I'm surprised that they didn't emphasize this at all with the confessional or anything. But if you notice, when Johnny Bananas is about to say he promises, right? And Melissa's like, you need to promise me that you're not going to say D's name. You're not going to put her in. The camera cuts to a close up. And you can see Johnny Bananas, people watching on the video, Johnny Bananas with his other hand crosses his fingers as he puts it up beside his head (laughs) so Melissa can't see while he pinky swears. And then the camera, they show you a reverse angle so you get an even closer look at Johnny Bananas with his fingers crossed (laughs) as he makes this promise to Melissa. I'm assuming that's going to be a flashback in the next episode. (laughs) Yeah. Because it wasn't even mentioned in this episode, but... The thing was, as I was watching, I was like, yo, he just lied to her like that? And then as the scene continued, I'm like, hold on. Let me rewind this and go back. And you can see exactly what my guy does. And I just want to know, did he tell the camera guy this ahead of time? Or is the camera guy just that dope? Which, hey, most camera guys are on high-level productions like that. They're just focused in. They're tuned in. They're paying attention to what's going on. But either way... Master manipulation by Johnny Bananas. <laughs> well, further to Did your you point, notice that? Did you notice that? I did. Okay. Further, further to your point, remember when they enter the tribunal room? Johnny mm-hmm. goes, this is your first time like in here, right? Like you've never been nominated. You've never... But mm-hmm. he's been in there. Yes. So he knows where the camera lines up. Ah, like, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And Good he's call. also sort of confirming she does not know where the cameras are going to be. Good call, good call. So, like, I assume that they do have a cameraman in there. Like, I assume it's a wider room than what we realize. Yeah. But even if it's, like, a remote camera in the wall, Johnny knows where the cameras are. And he, he establishes that Melissa does not know where the cameras are. Oh, he knows what he's doing. He knows he what sure he's does. doing. Johnny Bananas, well played, breaking the pinky promise with Melissa. <laughs> it goes probably without saying, but the tribunal scene was one of the most heavily edited scenes. There was a scene beforehand where Johnny, Rogan, and Jenny are talking about how Dee is fake, how she purposely ingratiates herself to people when she thinks it's to their advantage, to her Mm -hmm. advantage. That scene was cut, and then I'd say 90% of the confrontation between the tribunal and Dee was cut out. Yeah, and what did you think of D's the way that D handled the tribunal? 
I mean, ridiculous. I got takes. <laughs> All I can say is ridiculous. I didn't even understand the argument she was making. Here's my thing. Again, how is this a smart game plan? Right? Like, all you're doing is pissing them off more. So if they were going to plan to throw you in, well, they're definitely going to do it now. And if they weren't going to throw you in, all you're doing is giving them a reason to think about throwing you in. Either way, you're not helping yourself. In comparison, I thought Bailey came in. And Bailey just kind of was like, hey, guys, I understand. If you got to throw me in, you got to throw me in. Either way, I'll be ready. Cool. If D comes in and does that, okay, maybe they're still throwing you in anyways. But at least you don't look like a complete psycho when it happens. And Johnny was making the point. I forget if it was in confessional. It was in confessional. And this was cut out. But he made the point that their whole goal is to rattle her cage and to make sure she's mentally unprepared for whatever's coming down the pike. Yeah. As you always say, you don't have to get ready if you stay ready. Bailey brought in that energy of like, if I go in, I'm ready. Like, let's do this. If I don't go in, all the better. Yeah. D just came in combative. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't benefit you in any way, shape, or form at all. And again, you're aiming it towards Josh, who you've been on the record saying is super emotional and is easily manipulated. So now you're going to go at his emotions? Clearly, that's not going to work for you. Well, there's a scene that's cut out that really underscores this. So D essentially storms out of the tribunal room Mm -hmm. after Josh, Melissa, and Johnny have sort of a debrief. Josh goes to speak to D in the hallway, and it gets really heated. She basically says, that's the end of our friendship. Yep. We'll never be friends. I take this very personal. And Josh, when they go their separate ways, he sort of like darts into one of the smaller rooms and starts to have himself a cry. And Kyle goes to comfort him. Yeah. And then Josh says, I don't want to be crying on camera, which Josh, too late for that. That's your entire deal. Yeah. But Kyle says in confessional, D is manipulative and taking advantage of how emotional Josh is. And he says, Josh is an emotional idiot who has to get it together and pull the trigger. So Kyle's aware of the plan, for sure. Well, here, here's the thing. Dee's already told us in a confessional that she doesn't value her relationship with Josh. Yeah. She already told us that. So, you know, I don't know. Let's just say, forget all the other stuff that happened, right? So we know Dee will never be back on the show for another yeah. season, right? Even if she were to come back, who would she be working with? Ninja, in theory. <laughs> I guess. Because like, would Wes even want to? Would Wes even want to work with her after seeing how many bridges she's been burning this season? At this point, probably not. But hey, an issue we don't longer have to worry about. No. Um, so then we get to purgatory. Yes, we do. <laughs> uh, Melissa votes for Bailey. Yep. And I noted at this point when I was watching the 60-minute version, you can tell by the reaction shots that they cut a lot of shit out because they like, <laughs> Melissa votes for Bailey, and then it cuts yeah. to Jenny and Rogan's reactions. Yeah. And like, without all that stuff of them working with Johnny, all the like confessionals yeah, 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 that's yeah, been yeah, cut yeah. out, 
Yeah. That makes no sense because you think, yeah. what do Jenny and Rogan care if Bailey yeah, gets what do they nominated? Care? Like, yeah, what, yeah, yeah, what's yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then Bananas does something that I think was so smart. I would call it an insurance policy. It makes one of his classic banana speeches. He's like, before I do this, Rogan, is it okay with you if I vote in D? And it's so smart because he yeah. knows that if D comes back, Rogan will take the heat. Like yes. He's robbing Rogan of plausible deniability, putting oh, yeah. him on the spot in front of everyone. Yeah. Rogan and says also it's too, okay. So yeah, go ahead. Well, here's the thing, right? The the genius part of all this was Bananas wants to get DL because she was coming for him early on, right? Yeah. He executes his whole plan to put her in against Maddie, but the blame is spread out among Rogan and arguably Josh more than it is on Bananas, <laughs> right? Yeah. And that, to me, is the genius part of this whole scheme. And when you really, really break it down... Who benefited from this? Like putting D in and let's say D goes home. Who actually benefited? Who would have benefited from that? Like game-wise. It doesn't benefit Josh. Like why does Josh care? No. Right? Bananas just doesn't like her. Melissa's friends with her. Rogan like, okay, I guess that he can't trust D, but at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Like this whole so much drama wrapped up in something that doesn't really affect that many people but great drama by johnny bananas as we mentioned producing the episode is johnny bananas it it also shows to your point about like how it doesn't really like benefit gameplay the one thing i'll say is that johnny and rogan both have red skulls Mm -hmm. having d out of the picture might in the long run help Johnny because it means when it comes to the final one last person that might help Rogan but ah, that's like such a small little benefit yeah it's more just personal it's more Johnny think, being like I don't like she, her yeah she she's thinks that go. she's big time yeah she thinks she's big time and you're not and you're not um so the <laughs> something that was cut out is TJ asked D what she thinks of being put in and she says i'm pissed that was cut out <laughs> uh the competition is tunnel vision well, hold, on, hold on hold on hold on sorry the way that it all went down was so amazing and she was so stunned by it and she just double takes and asks rogan like really you're gonna do this you're gonna do this and i love bailey's confessional where bailey's like this guy has embarrassed you two seasons in a row like i kind of feel bad for her, but then again it's dirty d <laughs> <I was laughs> like, slow clap for that that might be that might be my line of the episode well played sorry sheldon was that a slow clap or were you just in the shower with rogan yeah whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> definitely a slow clap the people watching on video can see me slow clapping definitely a slow clap <laughs> um so yeah sorry the tunnel vision so they've built essentially two tunnels out of plexiglass mm-hmm. and maddie and d are both put in like one end and they have to by hand dig their way through the tunnel um a lot of confessionals by d were cut out like when she talked sure. about her strategy talking about how obviously her arm hurts how she's tired that sort of thing 
I don't want to give her more airtime, but you can imagine. I have to say, I really like this competition. Like, it was I a would great like competition. to see this one back. It was a great competition. And it sucks for Maddie because with her being so much bigger than D, she needed to dig a lot more to like create space to move. Yeah. Right? Whereas D's able to like kind of wiggle through and maneuver. And, you know, it was a tough spot for Maddie. And honestly, once I saw what it was, I was like, oh shit, D's going to win. Yeah. And I thought so. Even when they came with the pump fake of D getting tired in the middle, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, this D's going to still win. But automatically, once that moment happened, all I could think about is, oh shit, I can't wait to see how they handle the rest of the season with D still being on the show. Yeah. That and, was... and that's before me knowing in depth, as you just explained, how many things they went out of their way to cut out, cut her out of this episode. They must be going crazy right now trying to cut the rest of the season. Who knows how much longer she lasts for. But, man, I can't even fathom. Like, that's all I started thinking about once I saw the challenge was just, oh, shit. What does this mean going forward? Yeah. Well, that was the question I had in my notes that I want to ask you at the end is like, what do you think they're going to do? Like, I think so unless she wins, right? Unless she wins. I don't know how many more weeks there are until we get to the actual final. Mm -hmm. But unless D wins, she already has a skull. So other than that, you can basically cut her out of this whole show. Yeah. I mean, we I guess we have to see. What because, the ramifications are of her coming back into the house and, like, what she because, does and, like... Well, here, here's a part, right? You've already seen the her and Rogan thing kind of blow up. So maybe for the sake of storyline, you might get a little bit of that off the top of the next episode. I'm assuming they're probably going to try to acknowledge what's gone down at the start of the next episode. I'm yeah. assuming. Because they didn't acknowledge it this week, which you understand why. Yeah, I get it. I get, the time, I get the time constraints. So if you think about it from that angle, okay, so let's say D's back in the house, but now she's mad. You can basically just have her be exiled in the terms of she's just mad at everybody. Nobody really talks about talks to her. So she's just off on this side. So you can basically, the part that we don't realize watching it is how much we're manipulated by the people who they use to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Right. The producers hold the producers and editors hold so much power in terms of who they give the confessionals to in terms of who talks about what they ate, who talks about the club, who talks about what the challenge was, who describes things. You can eliminate her from so much of that to where if it's a team challenge, well, she's just one of the team members. She doesn't say anything. She doesn't do anything. And you can edit her out of the show. You can do it a lot easier with time then i think you then i think people realize so that's what i think is going to happen and there's precedent because they essentially edited camilla out of a final right like she oh, yeah. won her final season oh yeah but they basically edited her out of the final yeah i will say one thing i would like Oh, yes, because in that situation, too, what we have to remember is they were doing a lot of re they were reacting. Yeah. MTV was they were reacting to the backlash online because a backlash was immense. Yeah. 
yeah. and there's not much that you can do immense is that the right word yeah. no but yeah, you know what i'm saying right like they were reacting to the backlash because there's so much of it and obviously they didn't kick her off the show right they continued with her on the show but now with seeing how the episode played out in public they're like oh shit and as you mentioned they had to cut around her a lot so you're right they've done it before but now i think it's it's even easier because just the way that this season is set up with having to get the skulls with you know her in the rogan thing is pretty much handled and done mm. so she doesn't really have a storyline anymore unless she wins they tried yeah. to take her out. It didn't work. She's still here. Okay, cool. Nobody likes her. Nobody talks talks about her. Nobody talks to her. That's it. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I would like them to address it in some way. And, and like yeah. they're going to, by cutting her sections out, they're going to have a little more air to fill. I would love to see like a maybe he's not the person to do it, but I'd love to see like a two-minute intro from tj yeah to be like hey like here's some events that happened because like not everyone's on twitter i think you just got to be honest yeah i agree with you if you have yeah. tj or bananas or whoever you can get really to represent the show whoever you want to represent the show kind of just do like an explanation of hey this is what happened we do not tolerate this Moving forward, this person will not be involved, but obviously we've already taped the season and we've done our best to minimize this person's platform on our show going forward. There's another, I think that would be, that would work. There's another wrinkle and that is MTV has to be cautious legally mm -hmm. in that she's under contract and the uh, cast members are paid per oh, episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So to prevent themselves from getting sued for breach of contract, they have to like, they're, they're going to be in touch with like D's agent or lawyer. They're going to be talking with their lawyers. Like they have to figure out how do like, I don't know if they have clauses in terms of like, Sort yeah. of like behavior clauses, representational clauses. I don't, I don't know that much. All I know is that they do get paid per episode. Yeah. So like using Jay as an example, he was on what, three episodes? So he mm -hmm. gets paid for three episodes. Yeah. Right? So if yeah. you're cutting D out, I, like, I don't know if it's like... If I, get, don't know, but I don't know. Here, the here's the thing. Is, it's complicated thing. is all I'm saying. It is complicated, but at the end of the day... I'm sure MTV could just pay them off to shut up and like, here's X amount of money. We're mm -hmm. MTV backed by one of the biggest media companies in the world. We can afford that. Here you go. Don't sue us. Go away. Cause you don't want this storyline to be in the news either. Yeah. It's so, in your best interest too. Yeah. So I think that's kind of the way they're going to play this out. And, you know, I'm interested to see how it plays out in terms of how far D makes it. Because I'm interested to see how much they would have to cut out or how awkward the edit would be if she, imagine she makes it into the final. Because I, I still keep saying, right, and I keep bringing this up every episode because I think it's going to come into play. Just because you get a skull doesn't mean you're in the final. It means you're eligible for yeah. the final. Doesn't mean you make the final. So, yeah, 
I want to see how this plays out. And man, if she won this season, <laughs> wow. I mean, you mentioned it. We've seen it with Camilla, but that would be some strategic editing for sure. And like, we spoke about this before at the start of the season and like the pandemic, like MTV's already in a weird space. Mm-hmm. with this season of the show and like it's sort of the first like six or seven weeks it's sort of the only show in town along with like yeah, the yeah. mass singer yeah so on the one hand like it'd be a huge benefit for them financially but now like are they going to do 60 minute episodes for the rest of the season i don't know i, I think now with a little bit more time They can adjust accordingly. Because as mentioned, the most difficult part, especially with, I'm assuming, people editing at home or editing in different locations, being able to get raw footage so that you can recut chunks of an episode would be the most difficult task going. Like, I think if people listen to uh, the director of the Jordan doc and how he was explaining how difficult that edit was Mm -hmm. during a pandemic with people editing all over the place and you're having Zoom meetings to send people rough cuts and all that stuff, to have something basically in the can and then have to re-edit, that's why that episode last night was so roughly cut down. And because that's all you could do at that point, right? You can't have D being a representative and like be at the forefront of your episode like that while all this stuff is also happening in the public's eye. Mm -hmm. Can't happen. So if we're picking MVPs of the episode, who killed it? I'm going to say MTV killed it. Because I think to pull off the accomplishment that they did in terms of cutting her out of the entire episode, bravo to them for making such a huge and massive statement and i know that we just spent what two hours and an hour of that essentially breaking down what did happen in the episode they didn't intend to air we did that as sort of the breakaway from the actual uh we did that as a breakaway from the reality of what's going on in the world but we did that because we had time to fully discuss everything else that happened You know that they cut down the episode because they didn't have time to reshoot something to talk about what was actually going on in the real world. Yeah. Do you you know what I'm saying? I think that's the reason why it's like, well, we got to do something. We can't just air this episode that D stars in when this is going on in real life. So what's the move? We're going to cut her out dramatically. And to pull that off, to execute that, Bravo to them. Bravo to them for, and I don't want to pat them on the back for making something that's somewhat of an easy decision in terms of kicking her out, but they were swift with the decision. It didn't take a lot of time. They didn't spend a lot of time debating it. They didn't leave room for a debate. They just said, this is unacceptable. You will no longer be on the show. And I applaud them for that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say that Bailey killed it for me this week. Okay. She didn't win, obviously, but... She stood her ground on the show and off the show. Yeah. And she made the conversation about the things that are important to her and people like her, including her fiance. Yeah. And I think that's so admirable and so difficult to do that she expressed herself, was true to herself, Mm -hmm. acted with integrity and honesty, and 
never sacrificed her self-respect. Yeah, I and, like that her and I like what you said there because I think what happened off the air was super important in terms of her and Swaggy not tolerating the gimmicks. No. Not tolerating D trying to, you know, make light of a situation that's obviously super important to them, but also just play this part in you know, making up this phony storyline behind the scenes where like, hey guys, make sure you continue to tweet at me so that people think we don't like each other. Like, shut up. Yeah. Right? Like, that's phony, that's fake, that's like dumb. I don't want to engage in this foolishness to to benefit you when really it doesn't benefit you. It makes you look like a jackass. Mm-hmm. Right? And like, if you, I get in this age for clout and I hate the term clout chasing, but I hate this. If there's anything I hate the most about this era of media and social media, it might be clout chasing. But the fact that people want to be famous and it doesn't matter why they're famous is completely and utterly disgusting to me, right? And so if you're D and you're out here saying, hey, well, it doesn't matter why people care about me or why I'm going to get back on the next season if I have to play the role of the villain, then cool. That's disgusting to me. And so I hope this is a lesson for other people who are on the challenge going forward or other people who are watching. Like, it's a TV show, but once it gets into real life, like, come on, smarten up. Smarten up. Yeah. And uh, on another note, if I wasn't in a normal week of this episode, I would have said Johnny Bananas killed it. Oh yeah, because his sure. his plan worked crazy. It plan worked to perfection, except for D winning, which he can't control that part. Yeah, he can't control that. Yeah, so, I'll I'll even say this. Believe it or not, I thought Josh had a good episode. Like Josh saw fair. through D's bullshit. Once you said like, fair. oh, like you're my friend and all this. Like he didn't buy into her shit for a second. That's fair. But That's fair. Realistically, I mean. I agree. MTV and Bailey are the ones that killed it this week. Johnny mm-hmm. and Josh would be runners up. For sure. And you know what? There's a lot of people in our mentions leading up to the episode, and I only got to some of it just because of how crazy of a day it was trying to figure out, wait, what was the real episode? What wasn't the real episode? And then trying to tape the pod. So I promise I'll try to go through and read some more of the comments for sure and i'm sure once people listen to the episode they'll mm-hmm. have more comments and feel free again if you and I, I said this on the other pod when we talked about what's going on in the world and i totally mean this if you disagree with me and you are willing to have an actual conversation about it i'm here for that i get that now if you're someone who wants to just like disagree for the sake of disagreeing not here for that right actual conversations hey maybe you could bring up a point that i never thought about before that would make me think differently i'm okay with that if you're actually here to try to help and be better and be on the right side of right and wrong i'm here for that so please hit us up in the comments wherever you listen to the pod huge shouts to the people that have been listening on uh, youtube liking and subscribing there as that channel continues to you know we're getting more and more listeners on that side of the pod as well uh, so like and subscribe there. Same thing for iTunes and SoundCloud. Huge shouts to our following there because, you know, us as Canadians, as you mentioned, there's a lot of people that listen in the States and it's a reminder of that for us. But I'd like to know what people's reactions were to D, 
her Twitter exploits to what MTV did to Swaggy and Bailey and how people are seeing Swaggy and Bailey now, because I'll be honest, I see them in a different light on this show than I did when I saw them on Big Brother. And that's just the context of what the challenge is in terms of what Big Brother is, where I think Big Brother, there's so much more room for the phony, like you're there to put on a show. Right. Whereas like the challenge, there's enough stuff going on within the show itself. (laughs) Right. That you don't have to just sit there and kind of like make your own TV for a lack of a better term. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, all of those things. I'm interested in hearing what the people think, man. I I am, too. And I'm glad. How can I put this? I hate what D said, but I'm Mm -hmm. glad that we were able to have this conversation in a natural way. Yeah. In the context of the challenge, because I think yeah. I said this earlier, we've said a lot today, but for all <laughs> intents and purposes, we're a black owned business. We're half a black owned business. Yeah. And it's who we are. And we're proud of who yeah. we are. Yeah. And so I'm glad that it came up in a natural way. I yeah. hate what she said. I would mm-hmm. rather not have these conversations, but they are necessary conversations. And I'm glad that we were able to represent who we are. For and sure. For that I'm grateful. For sure. And because if we're not able to do the podcast and be true to who we are, then we probably shouldn't be doing it or we probably shouldn't want to do it. And if you think about the genuine reason as to why we started doing the pod, mm-hmm. it's just because we like talking about the challenge. Yeah. And so it probably wasn't realistic for us to discuss the challenge without discussing what happened with D and Swaggy and part of that Swaggy and Bailey and part of that bled into what was happening in real life Mm -hmm. and so as you mentioned we talked so much about this off air before we would record the pod yeah and so to have it you know come to a point where here was a natural end to talk about it it's not something i want to do on this pod but i understand being responsible with this platform that we have Mm -hmm. we had to talk about it and i had to be honest about what i feel and again most importantly we are allowed to have our own opinions and we are allowed to disagree yes the point is to be able to get to a position where we can all have that conversation and have a an actual conversation and i emphasize this because where you talk and you listen but you actually listen to understand Mm -hmm. because those are two different things a lot of times people will get into debates or whatever just to get their points out and so us being friends, obviously we're able to have that conversation. And what we try to do so often with the show and now with this conversation is invite other people in to have this conversation with us. Because I think, you know, again, there's a historical moment going on in the world and it's not a, it's, it, it becomes about black or white or police brutality and all those things. But when you really want to make it simple, it's just about right or wrong. Yeah. And what D did was wrong. Yeah. Period. That's just not up for debate. What she did was yeah. wrong and it was offensive. And I believe what Big T said, mm-hmm. which suggests that it's a pattern of behavior. Yeah. And I think part of the conversation is understanding why it's wrong. Because yeah. you might not get it. You might be like, okay, that's kind of a weird comment. But is that enough for her to be kicked off? I don't know. Well, then we'll have the conversation as to why it's really, really an issue. And I think we did that. And I'm how ha- I'm happy with that and I'm proud of that. And I'd like to thank you, John, for being able to have said conversation and my having pleasure. that on this platform, my dude. I'm I'm glad to have the conversation, like I said. And I also hope that like 
as the white person on the show who I think I'm a pretty good ally. I think there's always room for improvement, but like I work at mm-hmm. it. I'm engaged mm-hmm. uh, with it. I hope that the white people listening to this or non-black or white, because there's lots of races, mm-hmm. maybe learn some things. Either for learn sure. from you or learn from me and uh, maybe learn from how we interact with each other and the way yeah. that we speak to each other about these issues or just like learn broadly. Like I... I brought this up. This will be the third time now in this podcast. But like as a Canadian, it bothers me when people sort of put Canada, puts Canada on this pedestal of being like racially, like super progressive, super. And like, listen, I'm a proud Canadian. Like I love my country. I'm like a seventh generation Canadian. Like my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've been here forever, but I also don't want to act like we're perfect. Yeah. And like, it's, I think, instructive for people to understand that we are a different culture than the United States, similar in some ways, very different in others, but we do have shared problems Yeah, and we can learn from each other in those respects. Totally, 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 totally. I agree with you, man. We spoke that, we said that people should like respectfully engage in conversations with us, but where can mm-hmm. they find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander. Uh, hit the like button, hit the follow button there. Although I'll be honest, I haven't been tweeting as much as of late just because of the social climate that's been going <laughs> on. I've been kind of hesitant to step into that while tweeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but normally, yeah, you'll find a whole bunch of challenge stuff there. Uh, challenge conversations, just my thoughts and all that. That's on Twitter again at Shell Alexander. Same thing goes for Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And as I mentioned, please continue to like and subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. Uh, just go to the page, which is under my name, Sheldon Alexander. And uh, yeah, like and subscribe there on iTunes as well and SoundCloud. Really appreciate you guys. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jay Chidley Hill. Like you, I've been like a little more quiet about uh, tweeting. I did tweet something on Saturday that went viral, which was like yeah. not my intention. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, by all means, reach out. Um, it was a busy day for me at work, like in real life. Mm-hmm. So I was sort of slow to get back to people, but... I did love and appreciate all the people curious to hear our thoughts because we as Canadians had access to the long version and also because we are uh, sort of a racially aware podcast. So yeah, love it all. Keep it respectful with us and with each other. And like, let's all try to move forward together. I think that's important. There's one last thing I kind of want to say. Ooh, And I'm going to tiptoe around it. Love it. Because I'm not going to say who the person is, because that part's not important. Okay. But I'll say this. There is a reason why sometimes, you know, we watch the challenge and we watch these reality shows, because so often we say, uh, you see a person on the show that you like, or you could see yourself hanging out with this person, or having a drink with this person, going out for beers with this with these people, right? That's kind of how we always come to describe this show and the people who we like and dislike on this show. Mm-hmm. And I always wonder sometimes if that carries through 
or if people fully comprehend what we're saying or if you understand what we're saying. And I think this was a real teaching moment, not only for me and you, but for other people listening. When we think back to D and how we were always like, nah, too phony, doesn't seem like a real person. I don't really get it. It doesn't, it's just not us. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not using that as an ex- example to like pat ourselves on the back here. I wanna share something. Again, I'm not gonna say who the person is, but I'll say last week or a couple weeks ago, I posted something online. It was after the Blackout Tuesday thing happened. And I posted something online that was in reference to all these companies that were suddenly all behind the movement and posting the black squares on Instagram or on Twitter. And my point was, if you know, getting at the real issues here, right? Having the real conversations. And my my greater point was we see through the phoniness. And I had someone reach out to me who's from the challenge, who's on the challenge. And they said to me, they messaged me and they said, I'm glad you sent that out because I was seeing a bunch of people who were posting it, who were posting the black boxes that I'm like, I've heard you say super inappropriate racist things before, and now you're out here posting black boxes. And I was kind of worried that people were going to view me as being a phony, as putting that out there too. Like, is this genuine? Mm -hmm. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because this is what I mean about having the real conversations with people. Because my response was, you can't worry about the perception of it. Because the people who really know you, the people that really fuck with you, are gonna know. Mm -hmm. The people who don't know you, aren't, they're not gonna know anyways. And they're just gonna be douchebags for the sake of being an asshole. So you can't really worry about the perception. And the reason I'm telling this story is because me having that conversation with that person helped me to be in a better position to not only have the conversation I had on the other Ball, our on blast podcast but also this conversation that you and i had right now in terms of i can't be worried how people listening to this might react because if i was worried about oh maybe someone will tune out because they don't want to listen to us talk about race well fuck them then i don't need you to ride with us in this pod anyways i'm okay with that and i know just from the conversations that me and you have had you're okay with that fact too yeah and i just wanted to bring that up to show like Sometimes it's it's lost on me the real the realness that we have on this podcast or the real ability that we have to connect with people on the show but also people that watch the show and have the ability to have real connections and real conversations with people and and use this platform that's not just our platform it's a platform of you guys as well the guys and girls Canadians Americans wherever you're listening to this to have that platform as well with us to understand the power that we have as people to share and have these real conversations because that's really where this is going to happen right it's going to be from me having the conversation with my five friends and then those five people having the conversation with their five friends that's how we're really going to have change in our society to change some of these terrible stereotypes and these injustices and understand different people's ways of life 
the power of the podcast, we think so much is about, oh, can I sell this? Can I market this? Can I promote this? Am I building my brand? And this was just such a really good reminder to me anyways, John, of the real impact that we can have because we can have real conversations with real people. And so when we say message us, we mean it because we, we read it and it means a lot to us that you guys are riding with us. And even if you're not, that's okay too. More power to you. We're okay with that. Mm-hmm. So I didn't mean for that rant to happen at the end, but I just wanted to give a real life example of how something hit me in terms of real conversations that we're able to have from this podcast with people on the show, with people off the show, with the fans, and with my good friend from our Northern Secondary days, Mr. John Chidley Hill. Sheldon, I'll never get mad at your passion. So if it, when you want to go off like that, I'm so down. Until next appreciate you, my dude. Thank you. I appreciate you. Until next week, this was You Killed It. It feels just weird to say you killed it at the very end. Doesn't it? <laughs> it does. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I think we'll just end on the laughter because it just felt really weird.